This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yes, here we are. 2016 college football season about to get underway on a Labor Day weekend, and we are ready to roll. Who is re- Who else is ready to uh, strap on the figurative helmet, the pads, put the fans in the stands, turn the lights on, especially if it's a night game, and get ready to play some football that means something in college. We're still a ways, uh, a ways away from the NFL games meaning anything, but we definitely have college games that mean something. That means we're back. We're back with a capital B. It is Three Dog Thursday. I am your rested, tanned, okay, maybe not so tanned, ready host, and it's time to talk about underdogs. That's all this show is about, is how do we come up with underdogs against the number and we'll, we look forward to this all season long of trying to navigate and get three of them right in the same week. That's the reason why the show, the, the contest, if you will, is called Three Dog Thursday. So I'm TJ Reeves. If you are familiar with this show at all, you know that I need help. And back yet again, we bribed him sufficiently. We got him the Lamborghini. We got him the uh, the steak and lobster dinner every weekend for the entire football season. We promised to build him a mansion if his great picks continue. He's back, a senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com. How was the summer? How you been, Kevin Rogers? Good to talk football with you. TJ, good to be back. Uh, we had a nice break during the summer, but uh, now we're ready to get it back going. A big college football weekend. NFL starts next week. So uh, we're back in it. Let's do it. Yeah, and we've got so many games uh, in the college ranks because almost everybody's playing. You know, it's unusual. You've been following this for a long time. I have, too, that for so long in college football, you wouldn't have everybody playing the first week of the season, and a lot of the matchups were just bad matchups. Oh, how things have changed with the bazillions of dollars that ESPN has to pay for all of these made-for-TV games at neutral sites and at different places. The the fan benefits, the, the people that love college football and want to watch, we benefit because now virtually everybody is playing a game, and most, not all, most are really good matchups. I mean, we have... A, a buffet. He's talking about filet and lobster uh, dinner. We've got a buffet of great games. It is actually tough this week to to uh, to sift through all the great games we have on the opening week, Kevin. Well, yeah, things have changed a lot. That uh, you know, we're so used to seeing. I mean, at least in the state of Florida, where we live, University of Miami plays Florida A and M, who's an FCS school. Florida plays UMass, and that's no shock. The Gators are playing, you know, a cupcake out yep, of the gate. Yep. Florida State gets Ole Miss on Monday night in, in an excellent game in Orlando. Uh, but, you know, it's good to see that we're getting these kinds of matchups. Alabama, USC, Oklahoma, Houston, LSU, and Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. That the, that the NFL product has taken off so much and that it's just light years ahead of everyone else that college football's got to find a way yep. to hang with it. And if you, and obviously college football playoff helps where you can still lose a game and get to the college football playoff. But 
you have to have these matches. You've got to grab them. You have to do it. And I think that college football is doing a great job promoting this and having all these great matchups in week one because, you know what, you're going to lose interest very quickly with the NFL starting if all the big teams are playing all cupcakes and they're blowing them out. No, you've got to have some meaningful games early, and I think that college football is doing a good job by having that because they have to keep up. No matter what they say, they have to keep up with the NFL somewhat from an interest level, considering you're not in a lot of big cities or in a lot of small towns, and the NFL is in a bunch of big cities. So you got to find a way to keep people interested, and I think they're going to do that. And we should have a lot of good games this week. Yeah, very well said. I mean, in years gone by, you would have trouble convincing a Kansas State, for example, to go play at Stanford in the opening game as opposed to playing a lesser team at home. And as you mentioned, LSU going to play at Lambeau Field. I mean, how wild is that against the Wisconsin Badgers in the home of the Packers? Uh, again, UCLA is going to come to play Texas A&M. Notre Dame is going to come to play Texas at Texas. Clemson's going to play Auburn at Auburn. Uh, a lot of these teams that are nationally known, that are heavily favored this year to have great seasons, would not normally go play these games, and it's just good for the fans, and we're both in agreement on that. Again, we have so many games to choose from. It is Three Dog Thursday. You and I both have elected to stay away from any of the underdogs on the Thursday slate of games. we got an SEC opener with South Carolina and Vanderbilt, a conference game uh, again right away on that one. And uh, you know, Louisville playing host to, to you. UNC Charlotte, uh, Oregon State is at Minnesota. We got games right away on Thursday night, but a bevy of games on Friday night and a ton of games on Saturday, and then a, and a couple of games that on paper Sunday night and Monday night really look like tremendous matchups. I mean, it is a college football barrage, uh, my friend. Especially Thursday and Friday, there's something like twenty games those two nights. Yeah, there's a lot of games, and you know, you even mentioned Vandy and. South Carolina, you get an SEC matchup out of the gate. I understand, you know, it's not Alabama, LSU, but, uh, you know, it's still a conference game. It still means something. And for South Carolina, they actually, you know, the Will Muschamp here are now to begin with two conference games right out of the gate. They play Mississippi State next week. So, you know, for them, obviously, it's a big start. And, you know, one thing that I think a lot of people forget, too, TJ, is there's no exhibition games. That, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, again, I'm going to roll them under the bus, Florida or some of these other schools that would play, or like an Oregon who's playing UC Davis, that you get your exhibition game in a sense that means something. The NFL has that. That in college football, Clemson's exhibition game is Auburn. <laughs> Alabama's at, exhibition at game is USC. Yes, right. Yes. I mean, like, that's your exhibition. That's your first game. So that's what I, I don't know if it makes it better for college football that, like, you're just thrown into the, into the deep end quickly or is it not fair, or, or whatever you want to say. I mean, the NFL, how much are some of those teams getting by playing preseason games? You know the Patriots will be good, you know the Packers will be good, and so on and so forth. But, you know, with college, Clemson just went, just went to the national championship. Guess what? You go on the road in the SEC game one. Good yeah. luck. And and it's going to be hostile at Jordan-Hare. And, by the way, here's a hint. One of us likes the Auburn Tigers. Find that out in a little bit. Okay, so you're not going with anything Thursday, neither am I. I like a Friday night game for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Uh, the Stanford Cardinals, such a tremendous year when last we saw them. Are they done jumping up and down and pile-driving Iowa, or is that Rose Bowl still going on, Kevin Rogers? Because when last I checked, it was like 57 to something. They were ahead, I think, 38 to nothing in the first half. Christian McCaffrey, uh, David Shaw's team with Kevin Hogan at quarterback, 
uh, just had a tremendous finish to the season by destroying Iowa in the Rose Bowl. So Kevin Hogan is gone. McCaffrey is back. Stanford's got a home game now on a Friday night against Kansas State. And I think the Wildcats are going to be better here. They've got a couple of options at quarterback, including uh, Huber, who's back from last season, who played some, got hurt in their bowl game. He's back. They've got another quarterback option. They've got a lot of offensive linemen back. Bill Snyder's teams rarely beat themselves with turnovers. They don't get a lot of penalties. Again, as you mentioned, an opening game. I think Friday night that Kansas State may not win the game, but they get 14.5 points to go play Stanford at Stanford. I know McCaffrey will make a big play, maybe a couple of big plays in this game, but I like Kansas State to hang in there for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Want to talk me off the ledge right away, show one, pick one? What do you think? I don't love it. Well, first of all, Bill Snyder has always been good as a road underdog. Or actually, I should say as, a, as an underdog in general, mm-hmm. since he's been the coach at Kansas State the first time and he left and he came back. He's normally been pretty good in that role. Here's my only problem, and maybe I'm looking too much into this, that Kansas State for years, they've always played like a North Dakota in, in week one or a UMass or some you know schleppy team. They've played in week one at home you know, to kind of get their warm-up. Now you're taking on Stanford on the road in week one? Like, that's a major jump for them from all these years past where they would play nondescript teams at home in week one. And, in fact, some of those years they've struggled at home. So that's where I'm a little bit concerned. And, you know, Stanford has a new quarterback now, but they still have a Heisman Trophy candidate in McCaffrey, so that helps. And David Shaw is an excellent coach, so Stanford still is very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we see it in, in college football that, you know, there are times that you lose a – the quarterback position isn't as important as the NFL. I think we've, we've learned that. We learned right. that with Alabama, with all the quarterbacks they've gone through, and none of them have been good in the NFL. So it's okay. You may overstate that losing a quarterback and then plugging someone else in. You're probably still going to be fine. But, you know, with K-State, that's the only thing that scares me a little bit is – you know, can they go into week one into a hostile environment, take on an excellent team that was in the Rose Bowl last year and compete? That's kind of what I'm afraid of. I can see this game being between maybe 14 and 20 points. I just don't know if I feel comfortable taking the points with Kansas State. And to your point, uh, just looking at a number over a 10-year sample, Bill Snyder's Kansas State team as an away underdog like they are here, 21-10 and 10 against the number for what it's worth. They've had a few losses in recent years as away underdogs uh, against the number, but that's, that's impressive that they've won 21 out of 31 overall for what it's worth for that Friday night game at the farm against one of the highly favored teams. Uh, in the Pac-12. Okay, so I like that one on Friday night. Let's get to the sl- at the Saturday slate again. Huge games all over the place. Where do you want to begin, Kevin Rogers of VegasInsider.com, on a Saturday slate? Give me a college football underdog from Saturday. Number one, I'm going to start with the Missouri Tigers. They are going to West Virginia to take on the Mountaineers in early kickoff. And we know that Mizzou had a lot of issues last year. Gary Pinkle quit, and they couldn't score at all this team, you know, they would put a bunch of games with six, nine points. They just had a lot of problems offensively. But defensively, they were a very good team. And this was a team, if you remember, the previous two seasons, they were in the SEC championship. That's right. So obviously, you know, this isn't 
a Vandy or a Kentucky or a team that's at the bottom of the SEC for a long time. They went to the SEC from the Big 12 and made a huge impact immediately going in there. And they went to the title game twice. They didn't win, but at least they got there. They, they fell back last year. They still were 5-7. and seven. They were a team that started 4-1 and one, fell apart late. So, you know, I think that Missouri is a team now that Pinkle's gone. They have a new head coach, this, this Odom, who I think is going to maybe recharge them a little bit. You know, for Gary Pinkle, he was there a long time. And, and granted, yes, you have new players coming in every few years, not like the NFL, but sometimes you probably need a new voice, a new attitude, somebody to, somebody to change things up a bit. And they're taking on a West Virginia team that has the ability to score, but maybe not great defensively. And for Missouri, I think people look back at, at the end of last year and say, oh, this team you know, was horrible offensively. But still, you know, it's hard to go against teams that are good defensively, and they really didn't have a lot of games where they were this big of an underdog last year. So now you're kind of, I think, getting, getting some points here on the road where if Missouri can play well defensively and maybe create a turnover, create a short field for their offense, they don't have to go down the field for an 80-yard drive. I think Missouri's got a chance here, getting the points at West Virginia. And Barry Odom is the first-year coach. He's the former defensive uh, coordinator at uh, Memphis uh, the last few years, former defensive coach at Missouri. He's now the head coach there, so they may be a defensive-minded team. I just I don't know. they ha- Drew Locke, the quarterback, is back. I don't know that they have enough offense to stay in the game. We'll, we'll find out on that one. It is Three Dog Thursday. We're going to pause here in just a moment, but I want you to get one more underdog in for a Saturday game. Where do you want to go next with your Saturday underdogs? The Lone Star State, TJ, and the UCLA Bruins, it seems like that this line has gone against what I'm thinking, that Texas A&M, that they opened up as a one-point favorite, and this line has jumped up to two, two and a half, even three in some places. And Texas A&M, they played a Pac-12 team to start last year. They played Arizona State with high expectations. Texas A&M beat them uh, at a neutral site yep. in Houston, I believe. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote uh, neutral site that was about 30 minutes from their campus. Right, right. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't exactly their stadium, but still was in the state. And I'm sure Arizona State didn't bring you know all their fans. But Texas A&M ended up winning that game. And you know they end up having, I feel like under Kevin Sumlin, since Manziel's been there, I feel like it's been like okay starts and they finished like 8-5. and five. But for UCLA... They did lose weapons offensively. They still have Josh Rosen, who is an excellent quarterback, now going to a sophomore year. They have a couple good running backs to depend on as well. Their top running back is gone. They have a couple running backs that still averaged about six yards a carry last year. And, you know, they're still very good defensively. Here's the key with UCLA, that they were eaten up in their bowl game against Nebraska on the ground, just torn up. They gave up 300-plus yards on the ground in Nebraska and Arizona last year, which is unacceptable. Actually, they won the Arizona game, but they had a problem stopping the run. Texas A&M is a team that's not going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball, and that's where I think UCLA is a little more comfortable trying to slow down A&M, and also A&M has a new quarterback. Granted, he's a veteran in Trevor Knight, the former Oklahoma quarterback, but now that Texas A&M is going to try to establish the, the throw, establish the air game, because that's what Kevin Sumlin does, that may land more in UCLA's favor. And also, I'm going to lean with the coaching edge to UCLA, with Jim Mora as opposed to Sumlin. That Sumlin's in the hot seat. I think that UCLA, with you know a lot of players gone from last year's team, 
that Mora may get more of a break this year as far as, you know, it's not getting the pressure on him that necessarily maybe like a Sumlin would have an A&M. I think here getting a few points with UCLA is worth a good look. Well, and again, Kevin Sumlin's teams have been a house of fire in September uh, each of the last three seasons. Remember the the coming out party two years ago at South Carolina and the old ball coach where then-quarterback Kenny Hill lit them up for 50 points. I don't know that we're going to see that against UCLA this go-around, as you mentioned with Trevor Knight. Uh, there could be a lot of points scored in this game, and you'll take the Bruins plus the three. Again, that's the voice of Kevin Rogers, VegasInsider.com. Kevin, stand by. We have got much more on the way. Uh, one of us likes Auburn at home. One of us also likes USC in the Saturday Night Showdown with Alabama. Find out who is going to pick which team as we continue on Three Dog Thursday. Ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a brand new online communication service called Talk to Legends. The Talk to Legends mobile platform is available right now for free in the iOS Apple Store. And now the Talk to Legends mobile app is available in the Google Play Store. And it puts you just a couple of clicks away from connecting by video to your sports heroes in a five-minute person-to-person conversation on your iPhone or iPad. Yes, it's as easy as registering and then picking a time to talk to your legend. There are hundreds of former athletes from all sports, including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college sports, the Olympics, MMA and more and they're ready to talk to you in a scheduled video conversation through talk to legends no matter what device or tablet just go into the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the talk to legends app it's time for you to talk to legends the dogs are barking who will get it done this week Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reed. Second and two at the five-yard line of Oklahoma. Ball on the left hash. Watson in shotgun. Takes a shotgun snap. Going to run it right at the middle. Watson headed for the end zone and in. Touchdown. A five-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. His 12th touchdown run of the year. Oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, such a spectacular season a year ago. That from the 2015 season, obviously, as they get ready to make their debut at Jordan-Hare Stadium against Auburn. We're back in on Three Dog Thursday. T.J. Reeves joined by Vegas Insider Senior Writer and Handicapper Kevin Rogers. I can't see you right now, but is it true that you have the robe on, that you have the gloves on, and you are shadow boxing back in the dressing room ready for the walk to the ring and all the college football uh, this weekend? Is that confirmed? We're not going to confirm that, but are you loosening up? You know, What's the deal? It is. I'm ready, and I am hoping, you know, week one is always, uh, you know, admittedly it's always a scary time. You know, it's easier when you get to, like, week four, week five, when you have a little bit of a sample size of these teams. Week one is admittedly scary, but, uh, you know, you hope that you can take advantage of some of these games and some of these lines, and, you know, you go from there. And I always say be cautious. Don't go too crazy in week one because, you know, the lack of – preseason for them definitely yep. uh you know it doesn't it doesn't really help the evaluation when 
you know, you're going in hoping on some of these games. So that's why you try to look more for established teams and what they can do and what they did last year and hope that carries over to this year. Right, let's talk more about that again in segment one. I took a Friday night game with Kansas State with a lot of their players back playing at Stanford. I know, I know about Christian McCaffrey, and I'm not saying that Kansas State pulls the outright upset. I like the 14.5 points that I'm getting, and I think, again, they're a team that does not beat themselves very often with turnovers, with penalties. I think they can hang in there. You took Missouri... And I tried not to laugh at you. I'm not going to laugh here. Missouri with a new coach, problems on offense, playing at West Virginia. If you get that one, I'm bowing to you right away in September, getting 10 points at Morgantown. You also took UCLA uh, plus the points at Kyle Field. It's a true road game at College Station. Josh Rosen, an experienced quarterback, but arguably has not played in a hostile environment like this with 100,000 fans screaming at you. We'll see how he does under the pressure. You like the Bruins and the three. Speaking of Clemson, who came so close, unbeaten season, went into the championship game against Alabama as the number one team in the in the college football playoff rankings. The Tide, unfortunately, better than them uh, when it was all said and done out in the desert in Arizona. Alabama wins the national title. Clemson, a runner-up year. Uh, Deshaun Watson, a Heisman Trophy finalist, is back. They play Auburn and Kevin Rogers. Something just says to me, Auburn at home, SEC team. I mean, the SEC teams were fantastic in bowl games last year. One thing that Gus Malzahn knows is offense. I think they're going to be able to score in this game. I like the seven and a half points. I think Clemson's going to score. I think Auburn's going to score. But for three dog Thursday purposes in this show, I'm going to take the SEC team at home getting seven and a half points. How wrong am I here to go with the Auburn Tigers? I don't really disagree with you. I mean, I, I look at Clemson, and obviously they're a team that last year they were able to get to the national championship, lead Alabama to the national championship before uh, they ultimately lost. And the target's on their back. I mean, it, it, it almost feels like they've got the top of the world, and now they can only go down from here at Clemson. I, I really feel that, that. You know, Alabama, you know, teams like that, that they can sustain it. I don't know if Clemson can really sustain it. You know, I, I really don't. And looking back at Dabo Swinney, he's had problems with Florida State over the years. I know they beat them last year. He's had problems with South Carolina. I know South Carolina was down. But for the most part, I always feel like with Clemson that, you know, they beat Duke. They beat NC State. They beat Wake Forest. They beat Georgia Tech that they beat those kinds of schools. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're stepping up in class, yes, Auburn has, in a sense, been down the last two years. You you can say down seven or eight wins, but they still have gone down. They've gone backwards from being about three minutes away from winning a national championship three years ago against Florida State. So Gus Malzahn, still a pretty good coach. As you mentioned, he's very, very smart on the offensive side of the ball. And for Auburn, they have a very rough stretch the first month of the season at home that they get Clemson. They get a good Arkansas State team out of the Sun Belt. They get, I believe, LSU, I think, week three. That I don't want to say this is a must win for Auburn, but you know that they need to get this one. And for Clemson, not to say that you can lose early and still be fine to win a national or be in the college football playoff right. with one loss, but – you know, this is going to be a tough environment for them. And maybe we're overstating Auburn a little bit, but I got to really believe that for Auburn, this game means more for them than for Clemson. And I never really like saying that someone cares about something more than another. That That's never an easy thing to, to just come out and say. But I really believe that for Auburn, 
Like, this is kind of a punctuation game to start the season where for Clemson, you're just playing the national championship. Now you got to go to another SEC school. Now you're going on the road against a team that's going to be hungry, that, you know, wants to show that the last two years were an aberration. So I got to think that motivation-wise, if that means anything, that it's definitely an Auburn side and not a Clemson side. Well, and again, full credit to Clemson to go play this game. Again, we understand the dynamics here. ESPN is paying tons of money to these schools to get them to go play road games. That's why this weekend you're seeing Kansas State go to Stanford, even though that's a Fox game. That's why you're seeing LSU willing to play at Lambeau Field. That's why you're seeing Notre Dame willing to play at Texas, Clemson willing to play at Auburn, because there is big money being paid to these schools. Don't play a cream puff at home so full credit to Clemson for wanting to go play this game in the first place I'll just take Auburn I think there's a ton of offense in this game no more Shaq Lawson who's on to the NFL well sort of he's hurt uh, on the Clemson defense they've lost a couple of other guys on defense I think this is a high scoring game I will take Auburn remaining few minutes on three dog Thursday I said one of us likes USC in the neutral field showdown with Alabama and it's you Kevin Rogers from VegasInsider.com what what's go, you're going against Saban in the tide in the opener and taking USC in the points? Tell me more, real quick. Yeah, I've never been to go against Saban ever. Uh, obviously, the coaching edge goes to Saban in this game against uh, against Clay Helton. But you know, at the same time, though, with USC, they still have you know pretty good talent at the skill positions. They have a, a, a quarterback in Max Brown who was a prep star in Washington State and is finally getting his first opportunity as a starting quarterback with the Trojans and. You know, again, playing Alabama defense is never easy for your first game. But how often do you really get USC and, and getting this many points? It's a neutral site game. You know, Clay Helton, who was the coach last year for Steve Sarkeesian, got let go or quit or whatever happened to him. Then he still coached in about eight games, coached at Notre Dame, coached in Pac-12 play, coached in the Pac-12 championship against Stanford. So, you know, in all reality, you know, he does have somewhat of experience, not Saban's experience, but still pretty good experience. And I think that USC... It's definitely worth a look. Bama's a new quarterback. Derrick Henry's gone. A couple of key players defensively are gone. Neutral site, basically halfway in between in Texas. I think that USC definitely can hang with Alabama. Well, the couple things that scare me, I mean, obviously Lane Kiffin wants revenge because USC fired him. I don't know that Alabama has, as you mentioned, no Derrick Henry. I don't know that they have the quarterback situation locked down. Cooper Bateman and another quarterback are going to be interchangeable. Calvin Ridley's still there. Here's the thing that scares me is Alabama's defense is always good. Uh, and Phil Savage, who played at Alabama, he's a former NFL executive. He's now on the Alabama game broadcast on the radio. Phil Savage has been saying this to anybody that will listen. He's been watching this defense in fall camp for what it's worth and he says they are the fastest Alabama defense under Nick Saban that he's ever seen so now let's see how that translates against what will be fast skilled guys from USC Saturday night and one more stat because you love the numbers uh, Kevin Saban is three for three in his career at LSU and Alabama in an opening game against a brand new quarterback he's three and oh and they've outscored the opponent by over a hundred points in those three games in those three opening games against a brand new quarterback good luck Max Brown, good luck USC. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pageantry around these two tradition-rich uh, programs for the game. 
I just don't know that I go along with you that it's going to be that close, but you do get 11.5 points with USC in the Saturday night game. we got about three minutes left on Three Dog Thursday. I am going to go Sunday night game, Texas Longhorns against Notre Dame. Again, full credit to Brian Kelly and the Irish to go play Texas at Austin, standalone Sunday night Labor Day weekend game. I think the Horns are better under Charlie Strong. They've got a couple of options at quarterback. He's got almost all of his guys back on defense. Two-headed monster at quarterback for Notre Dame. Uh, They don't have William Fuller anymore at receiver. Still got skill players. I just like the Horns getting three and a half at home on Sunday night. Kevin, give me a quick thought on that one. I'm with you. Bouchelle, if he ends up being the quarterback of the Longhorns, I think he's got a lot of potential and they need some kind of stability at the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, big revenge spot for Texas. Got blown out at South Bend last year in the opener. So it should be a pretty raucous atmosphere on Sunday night in Austin. That, uh, you know, this is their biggest home game of the year. Obviously, when they get Oklahoma, they play in Dallas. So this is their big home game right out of the gate. You don't get Notre Dame going down to Texas that often. So I would think that the Longhorns, you know, again, talent wins out. But you would think the Longhorns should be pretty prepared. This is a big season for Charlie Strong uh, in Austin after a couple of mediocre yep, years. No doubt. They have a couple of good wins last year on the resume, Oklahoma and Baylor. You'd think that they would do it again now Sunday night. Well, but if they don't get off to the good start, they're after him for two bad seasons in a row. They will be after Charlie Strong for sure. And again, Notre Dame has got two fantastic quarterbacks. We'll see if both uh, uh, Kaiser and uh, and the other quarterback will both play in this game uh, or not. Malik Zaire will find out on Sunday. Real quick, Monday night, Florida State, Ole Miss. Again, we're both in the Sunshine State, although we've had a tropical storm uh, kind of overwhelm the uh, West Central Florida and North Florida uh, for this weekend, not so much sunshine, but Florida State and Ole Miss due to tee it up Monday night in Orlando in the old Citrus Bowl, what's now Camping World Stadium. A lot of expectation for Ole Miss. Chad Kelly, the quarterback, is back. They won the Cotton Bowl a year ago. Florida State, one of the favorite teams in the country, still trying to figure out who their quarterback is. They still have that Dalvin Cook guy who's fantastic. Uh, I don't. Neither one of us like Ole Miss, but give me 30 seconds on this game, this Labor Day night standalone game in Orlando, Florida State, Ole Miss. I mean, for Ole Miss, they, they lose a lot of offensive weapons. They still have Shad Kelly, who's picked up some good wins away from Oxford in his career at Alabama, Sugar Bowl against Oklahoma State. For FSU, the quarterback question is still up there. Game not being in Tallahassee, obviously a factor there. You know, he's still have another good game from Dalvin Cook. It, uh, it should be an excellent game on Monday night, and uh, we'll see how important the quarterback play is if Chad Kelly and end up uh, putting up another good game against a good FSU defense. And Florida State's going to turn around and hand the ball to Dalvin Cook, that's for sure. Remember uh, a guy by the name of Brett Favre and Southern Miss upset Florida State in an opener, and that was Favre's coming out party at Southern Miss back 25 years ago. Kevin, can I be that old? In an opening game on, on a neutral field in Jacksonville at the old Gator Bowl, we'll see about Florida State and the Monday night game with Ole Miss. Um, uh, again, uh, you do great work, senior handicapper and writer at Vegas Insider. We are privileged to be partnered up with you guys again on Three Dog Thursday. Give the quick uh, plug here for all the information they can find on VegasInsider.com for the college football weekend and heading to the NFL season, sir. Yeah, we got plenty of previews uh, for each game for it's all throughout the season, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the big games. Obviously, when the NFL Starts up uh, September 11th. That's the week one Sunday slate. You have Carolina, Denver, the opener for uh, the season next Thursday. We have write-ups on that. You can check out all of our picks as well. 
line movements, everything. Uh, you know, football season is here, and that's where, I mean, we excel all throughout the year, but during football season, this is the place to be. Go to VegasInsider.com. Also, check out our Twitter feed, at TwitVI, as we have a lot of material that we tweet out and also give you a lot of good nuggets on a lot of these games. So TwitVI on Twitter and VegasInsider.com. There you go. And Kevin Rogers can be found at VI Rogers, And we'll have a lot of fun, again, throughout this weekend. If you're hearing this show after the Thursday games or after the Saturday games, uh, we understand. But obviously there's a standalone Notre Dame-Texas game Sunday night. There's the Florida State Ole Miss game on Monday night. Kevin, we can't wait. Football is here. Let's go for the college season, the NFL next week. Uh, We're excited to be here all season long on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, sir. Enjoy all the action. All right, TJ. Thank you. Talk to you next week. There is Kevin Rogers. Again, he's got Missouri, UCLA, and USC, two Pac-12 teams. I'm going Kansas State, Auburn, and Texas. I've got a couple of Big 12 teams. We'll see how our underdogs do, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Three Dog Thursday. Follow the show on Twitter, at Three Dog Thursday. Also find out more at ThreeDogThursday.com. For Kevin Rogers, TJ Reeves, enjoy the first weekend of college football this Labor Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week on Three Dog Thursday. Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous Sports Babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.